It's time to open up the hollowed halls of leadership. It's time to figure out what the secrets are to being a successful leader and running a successful organization. It's time for VoltCast Illuminating Leadership. Your host is Jeff Smith, an executive coach and business leader who has over two decades of forward-thinking executive leadership as a human resources and operations professional. Now, Jeff and his guest experts are ready to share their tips and studies with you. Now, here is Jeff Smith. Welcome, this is Jeff Smith with Boltcast, and I am so happy to have you here today with us. I've got Jennifer Ono Quill today. Hey, Jennifer, how are you? I'm great, Jeff. Good to see you. Hey, you know, we just do this right. We always find beautiful days. It's true. It's yet another gorgeous day. People are going to think that Roanoke is... It is the place. Paradise. <laughs> or something like that. So, uh, thanks for joining us today. Um, if you would like to reach out to us during the week, please connect with us at VoltageLeadership.com. And uh, if you want to ever send me an email, it's Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Or Jennifer is Jennifer at VoltageLeadership.com. And each and every week, you guys send us notes and uh, fill us in on what you're doing. And we so appreciate that. So please know that we don't get a chance to say all the things that we receive, but we really appreciate hearing from you. And so today, you know, this is one of the topics that folks want to hear about, and it's about influence. Who has been an influence in your life? Um, how can you be an influencer? Uh, how do you grow influence? And so uh, I invite Jennifer. She teaches a program on executive presence, leadership presence. Uh, how do you measure your impact? So she's a real thought leader on this. And so I'm looking forward to hearing from Jennifer on this topic. So Jennifer, welcome to the show. It's great to be here, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So when we talk about influence, you know, first off, what, what's it? What's influence, influencer mean to you? Hmm. Well, I think about it in uh, 360 degrees, actually. There's the way that um, folks influence us from uh, the external world, that both the people we know and the thought leaders that are out there. Uh, there's also the influence that people that we don't know and aren't thought leaders just have uh, with us. And then there's the influence that we have over others. Mm. And then there's the influence that we are accomplishing with our peers. Mm-hmm. So just 360 degrees of influence. It's complicated. Yeah, and I, I think um, yes, and continue on. It's in it's in all aspects of our life. It is. You know, so a lot of times we keep our focus here on the the workplace, our organizations that we're in, and all that. But I really know it from um, as many of you know. I'm a parent to four kids. Um, you know, the the person when I'm coaching on the sidelines, you know, I can be that dad. But, you know, some of those people that I'm coaching against or whatever, I'm still going to see, you know, there's sometimes the people that I, I work with, you know, or I'm going to be a client of ours. And then there's, you know, I'm a Sunday school teacher. So there's a different type of influence to the youth that I'm teaching and the, uh, I advise on Sunday nights. So there's a different type of influence. And then I know, Jennifer, you're very passionate about our community. So I know you're a, very much a community influencer and, mm-hmm. and out shaping the voice of the community. So it's not only does it come from all these different places inside organizations, but boy, we play a lot of roles and the influence is so large in so many places. We do. And what uh, the influence that we have in one area doesn't necessarily translate or apply to another. And Uh so one of the things that uh, can happen is we can walk into an area where we think we will have influence or that we won't. And we have more or less than we anticipated. Mm -hmm. I have a story about that. Oh, stories. Failure of influence story when you're ready. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's, I'll duly note that as a uh, markdown for later in the show, failure of influence failure story. Of influence story. Okay, duly note it. 
uh, I, I, you know, for the audience, I just about uh, uh, tapped on my tongue there with the uh, pen. I actually did that yesterday. So old school. In my coaching conversation, <laughs> I literally hit it on my thumb. I'm like, wow, I really did that. So maybe let's start. Uh, I think let's start just kind of a fun place. This is going to be kind of a, a, an easy flowing conversation today. Maybe, Jennifer, tell us about a key influencer for you and sort of your life history. I don't care what domain it comes from. Yeah, so I, I, I thought about that question, and the person who came to mind as the giant, there's two, but what, the one who came to mind first is this professor I had in uh, college, undergraduate professor. He's actually the reason why I chose that school. He was the uh, philosophy professor emeritus, actually, at Scripps College in Claremont, California. Shout out to my people in Southern California. And uh, he was walking his dogs when I was touring the campus. And I could tell he was brilliant. And uh, there's a- From him walking the dogs? Yeah, wow, he's awesome. just carried himself I, I gotta work way. on that. I know. I gotta, walk, I gotta walk the dogs more brilliantly. Right. Okay, keep going. <laughs> and, uh, and, and we struck up a conversation. And the diff- there's a difference between uh, a philosopher and someone who teaches philosophy. And mm. he, was, he was both. Okay. And I, I thought, I want to learn from him. And so I chose that school for a variety of reasons. I went to, uh, but he really became a real influencer in my life. Mm. How about you? Well, you know, I think it starts with my parents, obviously. You know, and I think often it does, right? You know, and sometimes it's good, sometimes bad. In my case, it was very positive, a, a, a great experience. <clears throat> Both uh, my mom for her uh, grit and willingness to lean in, do hard things, um, always provide for the family. My dad is probably more like me in personality. He's a school teacher, a coach, you know, of sports. Um, and so for me, I, I you know, I, I saw it day in and day out. We were not a rich family on a school teacher salary and, and state government worker and all that. But there was always, as I like to joke, there was always more month than there was money, you know, but there was, <laughs> but there was always more love than we probably required, you know, so it was, it was, it was a great household. Um, and so I think that I learned a lot, you know, everything from my parents were very progressive in sort of race relations and, and you know, with dad being a, a city school teacher, you know, we had all kind of colors and backgrounds and all that coming through our house. And so I learned from a very early age, um, you know, how to be curious and learn, which probably led to sort of a career in human resources and, and coaching, you know. So I think from that, that's where it started. Let me fast forward to college similarly. Uh, so his name was Mark Warner. Um, if you're in Virginia, that's not the senator. Uh, we have Senator Mark Warner, uh, who I know as well, but this is the uh, uh, vice president at James Madison University. Um, and, you know, our families have an interest in history, history. My dad taught his daughters. You know, that's what happens when you go to college in your hometown. Um, and then I go and he was just he he really inspired me to look at leadership and study leadership. And so there was this cl- class that we had. Uh, it was like leadership lessons. Of, I don't remember the exact title, but we studied like Attila the Hun. We, we studied the Kuzni and Posner leadership challenge book. That was what we read. And so here he is relatively young, but up and coming leader. Uh, the other teacher of our class ended up being the next president of JMU. So we're studying from these people. But he saw things in me that I didn't see in myself. He, mm-hmm. he was the one that gave me feedback like, hey, put your voice in the room more, oh. you know, challenged me to, to do some different things. And so that influence, I respected him. He was a role model, but he also shaped me as a leader and helped me find my passion as well as my leadership voice. And so it was sort of a multifaceted in, influencer. Right. Yeah. And friends to this day. 
That's those lifelong relationships are so important. I remember the phone call from um, Professor Ross's daughter um, and having a conversation with me about what he really wanted at the end of his life and navigating that and making those decisions and being invited into that space. Those lifelong relationships of influence really matter. He's when there's a, I just remember walking across that campus that first day and this white headed bearded man saying, um, uh, hello to me and the long conversations of, of a couple of decades. But then the, uh, the moment in time where he said, where did you get so wise? Mm. And to be sitting across the table drinking coffee with a philosopher, him, him asking me as he's in his 80s, how did I get so wise at, at 19, 20, 22, 25 years old? Um, uh, maybe that's maybe that's why I'm not quick, right? <laughs> <laughs> you're deep. I'm deep. <laughs> and maybe I'm shallow and fast. Is no, that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm not implying that. There's something to be learned at all different stages in life. Right now, it. I'm learning I, to get I quicker. Love, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, let's let's keep diving a little bit more. Um, so one of the things I want folks, the listeners, to really be thinking about is I want you to go back, maybe as you're listening to this in your car or running or wherever you're listening to, um, you know, who has been a key influencer? And if you lose us for a minute or two as you ponder, you know, who that that person was, that's okay. You know, you'll come back and you can always re-listen to this, this segment. Um, but it's really important to just ground, like, what was it and what did they do specifically that really impacted you? Part of that is that as we go through the show, what we're going to try to do is say, so how do you use your your influence in the work setting, in your organization, in your life? And so it's really critical to say, what was it that they, that they did that helped you and how are you going to pay that forward? You know, I love that term by Marshall Goldsmith is, you know, really pay it forward. You know, they the, these mentors didn't necessarily expect you to come back and pay it back to them. But someone influenced, you know, your professor, you know, Mark Warner in my case, you know, someone influenced he knows he's handing what he handed me is going to continue to exist because I'm handing it to the next generation, you know. And so I'd really want you to really think about that. Additionally, I think it's beneficial sometimes to think about someone who's a key influencer that wasn't a positive experience either, oh, yes. you know, because I think that's really important. Um, uh, as, as we're talking, you know, I just want uh, I'm sure there's going to be some other resources, but there's a book called Influencer, The Power to Change Anything. It's by the authors of Crucial Conversations. So authors like Patterson, Grinney, Maxfield, McMillan and Switzler. Uh, but again, it's Influencer, The Power to Change Anything. It's a good book. Uh, it gets lots of ideas, uh, lots of stories and some tips and tools. So if you're interested in how do you take this conversation and put some practical um, usage to it, grab this book called Influencer. Um, you have an idea of uh, maybe, you know, before we go to break, you know, is there someone, an influencer in your life that wasn't positive? I have one if, if you need more time to think. Oh, uh, I have plenty. No, I okay. Have, let's hear yours. I'm curious. Okay, well, you know, <clears throat> I'm going to go back to um, college as well. And um, this was someone that was in charge. Uh, he was a vice president, um, and he was over a club that I was president of. And he was just really difficult to work with. <laughs> you know, it was just um, – it was it was almost like the students were there to serve him and not that the administration is there to serve the students. You know, and there should probably be a give and take. But, you know, it was it was uh, several times where um, I was able to find that this person hadn't told the whole truth. Mm. And there's always these sort of half-truth stories that had kind of happened. And he kind of tried to pit our group against another group to try to get things that he wanted done. And so it just really – it taught me a lot about transparency and that as a leader – you know, 
I was looking to really follow him. I, you know, I'm very impressionable at that point. I'm 19, 20 years old. And I thought that he had my best interest. And so I would open up on some things that we were facing or challenging. And he would go and use that information. And it really was like, oh, my gosh. And it really was a trust break. And so I learned early on that transparency and trust are really important and earned. Now, I will wrap up on that to say that he also gave me some great advice. There was an organization that I, I was going to step away from. And I tried to go see the person who was in charge. And the person wasn't there. I tried twice. So I ended up leaving a phone call instead of doing it face-to-face. And he pulled me in and just said, Jeff, you're a better leader than this. You need to work harder to find the person and resign and look them face-to-face. And so even in the face of someone that I didn't always respect as a leader, I still got some really great wisdom, too, about how to be a better leader. And so I think that's often the case is that person that maybe wasn't our greatest influence that we enjoyed, there was still wisdom to be gained. You agree? I absolutely agree. I've learned a lot from – I think we have – to learn a lot from the people that might rub us the wrong way. And oftentimes I find that it's the people that we, that challenge us Mm -hmm. and that they challenge us because they're like us. (laughs) (laughs) Not saying that those things are in you, but saying that that's not what I'm inferring. But I do hear in conversations when people have coworkers that they have difficulty with or a team member or a supervisor that they're challenged by with the chemistry. It's often because it's similar <laughs> chemistry. Well, great. Well, so um, we're coming up against a break. So stay tuned for more feedback from Jennifer to Jeff, apparently. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. Stop it. <laughs> but we will continue this conversation and talk some about uh, how do we put this influence to uh, work for us. So we'll be back in two minutes. Ask the experts. Call toll free right now. 1 866 472 5787. And ask our all star team to answer your question. That's 1 866 472 5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Where are you getting your advice on buying, selling, or maintaining your most important asset, your home? Is it from a reality show on cable TV, a comparison website, or are you just flying by the seat of your pants and gut instinct? Stop now before you make another move. Tune into Real Real Estate Today with host and realtor Deb Tomorrow. You can't afford to play guesswork when it comes to your new or existing home. Listen every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. 
You may also send an email to Jeff at voltageleadership.com. Now back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back. This is Jeff Smith. I've got Jennifer Owen on Quill on the show today. Jennifer, great to be here. Thanks for being here. Good to see you. Yeah, Jennifer's going to be with us the whole day. And we've been talking about influence, um, who influenced us, and then we're going to start to talk about, um, you know, where does influence show up in the world? How do you use your influence? Um, but, you know, I, I, I really, you know, I want to, again, commend the people that take the time to be a leader, to be an influencer. So, I challenged in the last in the last segment to really think about that influencer, and then if they're still alive, go back and tell them. Oh, you know, that's such a good one. it's amazing. I will tell you that one of the greatest things I ever did, um, not because I did it, but I did this when I was about 26 or 27. I took the top 10 influencers in my life, mm-hmm. and I wrote a letter um, to to the whole group. Um, and this is old school. You had, still had to write. You know, this is in the you know early 1990s. Um, I wrote a letter and did copies to everybody, but I listed all 10 people and a paragraph about each person so they could also see each other. I'm not saying everyone has to do that, but you will not believe the hugs and friendships that came out of that. And so, again, just take a moment to go back and thank, you know, a person or two that has been in your life that's been an influencer and tell them why and how much you appreciate it. The crack up is they probably will say things like, I was just doing my job or you really did the great work. I was just there to, to help you. And that's the beauty of it. You know, so it really does some great things. So, Jennifer, you know, we're talking on break. You had a couple ideas of where, where to send us off next. So I'm intrigued. I'm well, giving my intrigued look. You look very <laughs> intrigued. So what we were talking before the break about um, people that influence us in negative ways, so yeah. people that had a difficult influence on our lives. And I, uh, I thought about that in two ways. There's individuals, certainly, that have had a negative influence on me or that their influence has taught me how not to be. So it's two ways. Uh, one is that wow, I look at that and I see what I don't want to be. Mm-hmm. And I learn what not to do. Good. But there's also a person who, under whose influence we start circling and we start to become something we don't want to be. Ah. So they draw us in their direction and it's not a direction we want to go. And mm. we see, we worry about that with our kids. Um, but when, when we get older and we get on teams, we can see that habit, like the way that gossip flows through an organization. You come under the influence of someone who sends gossip around a business. Um, and the other is that there's ways that we actually can also be influenced by groups. So that's what culture comes into it, right? Sure. We, we are influenced by the culture of an organization or or we don't know fully what that culture is and so we might miss, make mistakes or missteps when we're new and we're not familiar with the culture but uh, I've certainly been in a culture that was toxic and had the experience of becoming um, a much more strident person than I naturally am because of the responsiveness I had to the culture I was in. It was how you survived in that culture. Sure. So one of the questions I'd like to ask is, are, do you like the things that have grown in you mm-hmm. in order to be in the environment that you're in? And if the answer is yes, then good. And if the answer is no, then do you, can you change something in that environment? Is the cost too high? Mm-hmm. And do you need to make a different choice? Yeah, you know, as soon as you said that earlier, you, you saw me put my head down and write something down. You know, I had forgotten about, you know, I was probably late 20s and um, I had a great mentor um, early. They, they were fantastic. But as I got, as I grew a little bit more, you know, like what I started to find was when I was with this person and this person's in the organization, it really became gossip and bitching and moaning sessions, you know, and it was kind of interesting. And I got into a place of, yeah, I guess power is the right word. I, I had enough, you know, um, gravitas to use a word we used earlier this week um, to to have my own departments and things. 
where information that was flowing to my mentor was beneficial to them. And I was still thinking that we were in this sort of mentoring relationship. And he was taking my information and going and using it in some other places, right? Mm. But the part that, that I looked at my own leadership was I would sometimes, we'd, we'd meet for lunch, uh, normally about once a week. Um, I, kept, I kept coming away from those meetings feeling not so great about myself. Because it, often he would lead in with this gossip. And for folks that, that know me, well, I am not a gossip. Like, I generally don't speak of it. You know, like, that's my wife is always like, you never really talk about it. Like, anything happening at your work? I'm like, yeah, the, it's, it's work. It goes there. I, I'm interested in things that happen. But the gossip part was not something. And what I found was that was kind of what he traded in. And so his influence was kind of going behind the scenes and undermining mm-hmm. a lot of the authority, a lot of the, the culture. And I didn't realize I got sucked in. And so I kind of had a picture of Darth Vader. This guy is not Darth Vader. He's wonderful. He's great. He probably just didn't know how to recreate his leadership style. And so I stopped having to have lunches with him and just would occasionally meet with him. But I really had to fire my mentor because I was, I was kind of getting sucked into an influence and that led to me being connected to him in a group that didn't have positive, most positive reputation. I had completely forgotten about that until you mentioned it. Interesting. Yeah. yeah it's so interesting how we respond and, and when we're with people we trust mm-hmm. and when and how slowly things happen and we suddenly find that we're in a place that we didn't intend to be. Oh, that was a solid year and a half for me to really – you know, I told it in two minutes, but it was a year and a half probably of me studying it and figuring it out and watching and being like, oh, I think something's happened here. Right. You know, it, and, you know, this is really pre-coaching and, and, you know, I hadn't gone to the doors Georgetown, so I wasn't nearly as self-aware. You know, so I do think this is where coaches and, and mentors uh, properly use can really help. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that was great. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting to travel back to those places where well, that wasn't very helpful, those influencers. Yeah. <laughs> but I learned a lot. I mean, I learned, you learn a lot from getting out of those situations or, yeah. or making the decisions about what to do inside of them. Yeah. You learn a lot about your own uh, character. Let's, let's draw it in. Um, so um, we know that the listener is most often a leader in an organization, right? So what should we be doing to try to influence the culture, influence our team, individuals on our team. You know, as you start to think about it, how how do we do it? So, you know, I've asked the folks to reflect a little on, you know, who did they admire as influencers and how's that impact your leadership style? So that's a, that's a start. But, you know, how do we get more intentional about using our influence? I went in a couple of different directions. Uh, uh, This is probably a quick aside. So the, one of the ways that I've liked to use my influence is to make sure that I have a checkpoint outside of the organization okay. so that I can stay honest or, or so, so that I stay tethered to what a different reality is, to know what I'm, uh, what the nature of the, of the group I'm in is. And so I found that to be helpful. It helps me bring more wisdom and that outside perspective. So that's one thing in terms of influence because those ideas are usually fresh and bright. But they weren't mine, but they come through me. And that's interesting. Sure. <laughs> so I think it's important to bring fresh thinking to a group. How do you how do you look at the kinds of ideas that are coming and what is needed to create something fresh and new? Uh, and that's it, also for me, when I look at uh, around the room, um, are you taking the right amount of time? And are how do people respond to you? Mm-hmm. And and 
what's the current reality, right? Mm-hmm. And then where do you want to be given your current state? So to your point of the conversation you just had, you had a mentor and for a while that was a good, great relationship. Yeah. But as your role changed, that relationship needed to change. So yeah. staying aware of your GPS, your organizational GPS, where you are mm-hmm. and where you want to be, I think that's important. What do you think is important to keep in mind internally? Yeah, you know, I, I, the word that keeps coming to my mind is just intentional. You know, so are you being intentional with your influence? Uh, you alluded to it right at the start of the show, too. Like, <clears throat> excuse me, what role am I in? You know, so we're working uh, uh, with a health system up north where they have multiple different roles. Sometimes they're a chair. Sometimes they're a clinician. Sometimes they're they're leading a department uh, meeting. Sometimes they're, they're the project manager. Sometimes they're the follower. <clears throat> and so what role are you in? And, and so when you're coming to a meeting, are you being intentional about the role that you're even in? What's your voice supposed to be? <clears throat> and supposed is a big word. But, you know, there's sometimes where, you know, in one meeting, you're in charge. And another meeting, you're in a group of peers. And if you don't make that shift, yes. you know, all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> feedback is going to be coming your way like you're off track or, dude, what are you doing here? You know? And so I think it's um, the word that came to me first was intentional. Understand what, what, what setting are you in, and, and then let's think about that. You know, the next word that came to me is um, authentic. And so um, the closer you can be to who you are, you know, still know what role you're in, but who are you? So that you're trying to, whatever influence you're um, uh, giving off is authentically you and not like, oh, I'm in this role, so I guess I need to be Joe Charisma today. Instead of it being, no, this is, I'm excited, I'm passionate about something, right? <clears throat> you know, I've talked about this previously. You know, I'm thinking about one CEO who's just not a rah-rah guy. So for him to get up and try to influence an audience by being the rah-rah guy, it just would fall flat, right? Instead, it's, okay, I know who I am. The way I influence is through building trust, providing a path, you know, sort of helping people understand we're okay because we've got good process. That's not the way I would inspire. That's not the way I would influence, but that's the way he influences. So knowing sort of who you are and being authentic to it are the first couple of things that, you know, intention and being authentic are two things that really come to mind for me. Right. Uh, along those lines, I, I, the, the image that came to mind is when you're, um, when you watch a TV show, right, the character is the same character and there's a variety of scenes. Mm. We travel through different scenes in our day. Oh, I, a there's analogy. a scene that I have when I wake up and I'm mom and the toast gets left on the floor and how do I respond to that versus the drop ball at work versus the mistake that happens to a colleague at lunch and how generous I am to help that person. What what are the different responses in those different contexts and who do I want to be through them? And it is helpful to have some, these are my North Stars, mm. that people can trust. Mm-hmm. It helps people center on that. It, it I find that followers uh, and the people around you get confused if there's flipping in, well, this is the way that he is when we're in the car together, but this is the way he is every other time. (laughs) And it's whiplash. Mm. So how do you, how do you still have, maintains that true north of, Mm. well, I'm still the leader and I have the ability to warm it up a little bit all the time. And I'm still going to be serious in the car, <laughs> whatever that is. Yeah, interesting. So, you know, I think that the um, conversation, if you just join us, is all about uh, influence and uh, who has influenced us. And then how do we use our influence? As we continue through the show, what we're going to do is 
dig down a little bit more and some do's and don'ts. And, um, you know, Jennifer, I'm still waiting for this uh, failure of influence uh, story. So we'll definitely have to come back to that one. Can't wait. It's a good one. It's all me. All right. I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Sounds like uh, that's a good cliffhanger. So we will be back in two minutes to pick up the story. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Attention. If you're a parent, educator, social worker, or civic or religious leader, the most important program you'll hear this week is Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Host Opal Singleton and her guest show how our children and others are being dangerously lured by predators through the dark web, social media apps, and games. Beyond that, the program looks at trends in human trafficking and more. You'll never think of the Internet the same way again. Listen Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back. This is Jeff Smith with Voltcast. I've got Jennifer Owen O'Quill with me today. We are having a lovely discussion and having just a joyful time together, aren't we, Jennifer? We are. Yeah. So we had a tease right before the break, as they say, you know, about a failure of influence. Failure of influence. It's I, true. Just, it happens to the best of us. Oh, I, so let me uh, pull out my chair. I prop my feet up. I am ready. Jennifer, go for it. <laughs> Tell me all about the failure. <laughs> so I, and it's, it happens and sometimes in the lane that we feel brilliant, right? So, sure. So I coach leaders mm. all day long. And so there's a baseball team that my son is playing on and it's a mess. And it's clear that the experience is poor uh, and that that uh, there's not a there's a there's it's might be a Lord of the Flies situation if we don't put a stop to it. So there could be kids gone wild running through the streets of Roanoke. But luckily, uh, that's not. Uh, what's happening because I decided to get into the drama triangle and try to rescue the situation. It's a terrible idea on my part in retrospect. Intentions were good, trying to do uh, the right thing to do my best to create a good experience or the best experience I could for my kid. But a third person in a failed leadership relationship, what I'm learning is that doesn't help. Hmm. Right? If the if there's a relationship of leaders that isn't working, 
adding more doesn't help mm-hmm. <laughs> necessarily unless they invite you to help them. Right. Right. <laughs> so I got invited by one, but not by both. And it's, it's, a uh, it's hard. It's yeah. just hard. You know, it's not, I, 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 we had a game last night. I left feeling discouraged and frustrated and not being, um, and, and angry in 360 degrees, right? I'm frustrated with the little people and I'm frustrated with the peers and I'm frustrated with the families. And it's, that's not helpful. So it's like, I've had to stop and look at myself like, wait a minute. Like I said a moment ago, like what's growing inside of this group, right? But see, this group is not helping me be my best self. <laughs> and this is 10-year-old they're, baseball. They are 10-year-old baseball. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's 10-year-old baseball. It's only four more games, so I'm going to make it through to the end. And I'm going to change it up. That's what you have to do. I, like I have to change the environment Yeah. because it's not working. Well, I think that is one of the, the critical things with influence is um, we are only one part of the equation. So you have to start to look around. You know, one of the things I, I'd like to do is to think about how do you enlist others. And so part of this is um, knowing yourself, and then you look around saying, okay, what's going on in this organization? We're trying to, most time you're, you're trying to make a change of some sort. You know, understanding who's this going to benefit, who might this hurt, and how do you start to get others to buy in? And some are um, great at sort of giving the, you know, the say, Christmas Day speech and, and storm the hill. Others are great at going behind the scenes and explaining it. Others can do a small team meeting. I don't really care your style. You have to discover that for yourself. But what is critical is if you're trying to get something changed in your organization, you're going to have to get others to buy in. And so you've got to figure out what's the best method to making sure other people buy in. And so it's you know something we talk about from a who are the key stakeholders? What's their role in it? Do they, are they a decision maker? Do they just need to be informed? Do they have to implement? So you have to get really clear and make sure you have your tail in your communication so that each person gets what they need out of it. And where we start the show, how you influence and how you show up to those people will be different. Your role may be different. The style that you're going to use for influence may be different. And so this is this is much more about an art than a science, yeah, you know. That's true. And so really understanding, uh, we'll go back to the very first show of Voltcast. Um, thinking about if it's a driver, you know, you probably just need to be able to tell them the facts and here's what I need you to do and here's where we're going. What thoughts do you have? And then give them some space. Versus a supporter, you may want to be enlisting one on one and talk about loyalty and how much you how wonderful they've been and how can they help support you. Right. So it's going to be different per person, but you've really got to be intentional about going and enlisting others if you're trying to draft change and influence organization. I think it's important to start with some quiet time, some thinking and some data when you really are going to try to drive change Mm -hmm. uh, to really map out who the who's are. Because th- everything gets done through people. Uh-huh. <laughs> and in all of those areas, the people who do the work, the people who um, who are your peers and care about the work that you're doing, the leader that oversees it, but also the people, the stakeholders in the community, the people that are served by the organization, whatever it is, who are the key uh, influencers and stakeholders inside of those different groups? Mm-hmm. And t- getting 10% of each of those gives you a place to begin. So that's my starting point when I'm thinking about driving changes. Who do I need to get with first? Yeah, you know, I had a discussion a couple weeks ago, actually, about you you thought it might be time for me to go to a CEO to have a discussion. And I was like, not yet. 
Right. You know, because I understood that this this CEO, that there was a vice president that this said CEO would really lean on. And we hadn't brought that, we hadn't given that vice president a chance to weigh in yet. Right. You know, and so while the CEO will need this information at some point, if we hadn't brought the vice president along, it would have hurt our credibility and our influence. You know, and so I was like, I hear you, you're right. However, in this organization, if we haven't brought the vice president into the loop, because some of the stuff spills over into this vice president's area, the first question the CEO is going to be like, have you talked to said vice president? And if we hadn't, it'd be like, oh boy, you know? And so I think it's uh, another culture though, you know, another one of our clients that you and I both are in, you know, I'm picturing if we didn't just go straight to the CEO, we'd be crazy. Oh, yes. Right. You know, it's just like, you got to go. I don't really care about the rest of the administrative team. It's like, we got to go. Right. Right. And that's about culture. It's about understanding their context. So that's Mm -hmm. the thing that I would point to is that influence changes from setting to setting where we started changes certainly in the different roles we play in our life but it also changes in the different organizations that we're in and there are different seasons in those organizations so Mm -hmm. stopping to say what worked for me then doesn't work for me now what do I need to do next Mm -hmm. that's always the puzzle piece yeah and you know I think that there's a sense too of um so let's let's keep going with this how do you enlist others so we got the stakeholders we we've enlisted stakeholders it's also, what are you asking them to do? What are the key behaviors? So if we're trying to get change to happen and we're trying to influence this change, <clears throat> excuse me, we've got to be able to say, what is it I'm asking you to do differently? And so if sometimes where I see influence not work is I ask you just to, hey, are you in? And people are like, oh, I guess, you know, they might like you, they, they, you might have proper influence. But if you don't come with a sort of a specific request and here's directionally what I'm asking you to do, and here's how that looks. And so I see some influencers, the reason they fail is that they stay too vague. You know, I'm looking at myself in the mirror on this one. Um, but they stay too vague. And while people are excited and they want to change and would love to support you, they're kind of clueless. Like, okay, I got it. But, you know, in my case, I'm sort of a moving target. I've moved on to the next thing. And they're like, uh, Jeff, I'd like to help you, but I need a, the next step or two or the behavior or two that you're asking me to change. And so I'd really, as an influencer, one of the things I'd want you to do is to slow down just a little bit and make sure that folks, not just that they they heard you, but you know, the influencers that often are successful are the ones that, hey, this is why I'm investing in you, why I'm sharing this conversation with you, and here's what I need from you. Here's the behavior that I need. Here's the next step or two that I need. And that way... Wow, now it's like, yeah, that's an influence that I can follow. That's right. Yeah. I also think when you're trying to, when you have something, an idea, a vision that mm-hmm. you want to articulate, mm-hmm. that's the first step, but that isn't the vision that's going to win. It's a version of that vision that's been transformed by the conversations that you have with all of the other folks so that you gather their piece of that vision so that it sounds like it's theirs too. So, Particularly if you have a, a transformational idea, something that, that you know is a game changer or when you move for the organization, how is it that as you 
go and have those conversations. It, it isn't what I want you to do, but it's also depending on who it is, right? What are you interested in? Mm-hmm. What matters to you? What are the burning questions and problems? What's your vision that you're carrying? And how do you co-create something so that it has more power so that when it moves forward in the organization, you have a greater chance for buy-in for the thing that you want, but also the thing that you're bringing forward is shared by a broader group. That's so important. Yeah, interesting. <clears throat> so for me, I know the listeners are last segments normally sort of tips and tools. So I'm kind of starting us down that path a little early. You know, if I'm a listener, I'm like, okay, so that's interesting. I want to I want to start to get better at this. I want to start to do something. I, I, I want to increase my influence. And this kind of continuous topic that we talked about a couple weeks ago on executive presence. So if you want more on executive presence and leadership presence, go back and listen to that episode. Jennifer and I hosted it um, on what, May 2nd. So um, go back and listen to that one. But this continues that conversation about how do I go about using influence? You know, and so my, my one quick thought, and I'll let you say something before our break here, um, is that you probably shouldn't use the word influence. And you shouldn't probably try to use the word influencer. No. Right? If, <laughs> if you have to say it, we got a problem. Right? So on your development plan, you can say, I want to learn how to increase my influence. I want to become a better influencer. Development plan is different. But standing up in a meeting and saying, I'm trying to influence you. Okay, that's just bad, you know, and trying to sort of say, you know, I am a key influencer around the organization. Again, if you have to declare it, there's probably something wrong. So my first thought for you is, you know, this is more like you learning what, where do people listen to you? Where do you have influence? But don't go around saying it and declaring it. Just do it. And wait and see what happens. That's, that's right. That there's something to influence that's being curious about what happens when you are sitting in one place, mm-hmm. <laughs> who comes to you, right? right? So it's a way to identify and map where, where your attractional value is. What is it that people come to you for? What kinds of things are you respected for? And then you have a circle of influence you can help identify. And from there, then you can map, where would I like to gain influence? In what areas? Who would partner with me in that? And how do I, um, what do I need to learn maybe to mm-hmm. be, is there a body of knowledge I don't have to become an expert in that will allow me to do some of the next things I want to do? Good. And like you said, you can be an expert in one field and uh, uh, as a father to teenage daughters, you don't always have to be an expert there. Nope. <laughs> so when we come back from break, I won't solve that one, but we will give you some tips and tools about how to be an influencer in your organization. We'll talk to you in two. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. If you're an influencer, you don't follow the trends, you set them. Voice America influencers are involved in creating change in personal and professional lives, collaborating and driving value to make our lives better. We have world-renowned thought leaders, speakers, authors, entrepreneurs, artists, and some of the most influential voices today. Listen in today to what they have to say. Engage in the conversation. The Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Answer the call. 
what if there was a radio show that could demonstrate how we can cut your taxes in half without diminishing needed government services? One that could explain how to create tens of millions of jobs at no cost to taxpayers, as well as fantastic yet easily affordable health care. Side effects include cutting crime rates nationwide, providing better education for our children, international peace and harmony, and protecting your private, personal data from government intrusion. Tune in to Libertarians Working for You with Arvind Vora, Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back to Voltcast. This is Jeff Smith. I'm here today with Jennifer Owen O'Quill. We've had a lovely conversation around influence and how to use it and, and who was our influencers. This is our last segment of the show, so we normally get into some tips and tools and, and best practices here. So, Jennifer, I know that this is something that you deal with often and working with leaders all around the world about how do they use their influence, how do they shape it, how they grow it, how they recognize it. You know, As you think about some of your best practices and you coach these folks up, what are some of the tips and tools that you like to share with folks? Well, here's a practical one I want to be sure and share. If you have something important you're about to go do, if you're pitching something at a level that you haven't been at before, take out a note card and write a map of who you think will be in the room, Mm. what matters to them, what they care about, what they're bringing with them, not as it relates to your thing, but as it relates to their world. So these are the main things that they might think about. Uh, One of the exercises I do with, uh, with young leaders is, to imagine the organization from the point of view of the CEO. It's a helpful exercise. It gives you a different perspective. But when you map out the meeting that you're going to have with the different stakeholders in it and what they care about, and then you think about how they feel about your piece, mm. it allows you to, it, to intentionally shape the conversation in a way that is going to land well on everyone. And what you want is a warm room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when you have to actually pitch something, uh, Take some time and think about that. And in the middle of a meeting, you can do the same thing. You can take a look around who's in the room and what do they care about? What's their circle of concern? Who's spoken and who hasn't spoken? If you're saying something that really matters to you, take a moment to think about it and then speak. It'll help you. It'll help you be wise with what you say. And remember the context counts. And that's what that really is. Context counts, but that's how you learn to think about it quickly. You actually write it out in practice. Nice. So I, what I heard was preparation. Preparation. Right. Uh, consider your audience, uh, who's in there. You know, uh, when you did that, I immediately thought back to my interview entering into healthcare, and I knew every person that was going to be in the room. And so I looked up, this is pre-LinkedIn uh, days, but I was able to get information on each person and what would be their slant. And I knew I was coming from financial services healthcare that that was probably going to be their biggest concern. So I just addressed it head on. I said, I imagine if you were sitting in my seat, how can someone coming from finance, you know, be successful in healthcare? And you could just see a collective 
breath in the, in the room, like come down, like the stress level, like, wow, we really like this candidate, but how are we going to deal with this? And so I put together a plan and said, look, I'm, I'm going to have to learn. We're going to have to do this together. You know, I'm sure you've got lots of knowledge to share with me and teach me. And I'm excited. You know, I've already been reading on this and doing this. And I found a program where I can go learn a bunch of information. And all of a sudden it was like, now the rest of the interview went pretty easy, you know, because it was the unanswered question. And so I was able to influence the group because I looked at it, like you said, from their point of view of like, what was my biggest weakness? I didn't have healthcare background, you know? And so now that I've worked with Cleveland Clinic and NYU and Carilion Clinic and all those others, I'm like, I think I solved that one. You know? You have solved that one. <laughs> you have solved that one. Yeah, something else I wrote down. Um, uh, uh, we talked earlier uh, in the conversation about the book Influencer, Power Change Anything. That Certainly, I recommend that. I'd also talk about Scott Eblen's book called The Next Level. Uh, the reason for that is that as you move to a different level in the organization, you may not realize it, but your influence and your sphere of influence and how you use your influence changes. And I often think that people where they get in trouble is when they move up a level, they don't realize that their voice is different. It's heard differently. Uh, I was giving feedback um, to a coaching client yesterday, and they still feel like they've, uh, they're a vice president now. They still feel like they're a director and that everyone's still their buddy and that they're going to come to them. I'm like, you sit in administration every day. You're right next to the CEO's office. People don't come in the administration wing. You know, and they're like, no, no, I still walk the floor. I'm like, yeah, you walked the floor. And so I actually took the person out. I said, let me walk the floor with you. I'm like, watch how many heads are going to duck in, not out. You know, and he's like, oh, my gosh. Like, he still thought he was the same person and was still getting the same feedback. And that, you know, I'm like, do you understand that everyone that works for you now is worried about their mortgage? And, you know, they're worried about, you know, all these things. And you have the ability to shape that for everybody. So they're going to be honest to a point. That's right. But they're not going to be as honest as you think. And so when you say things, you can't just joke anymore. This person has a great sense of humor. I'm like, that gets translated. And that story is retold three times. So while it was a joke to an old friend, by the time it's removed three times over, people are worried about layoffs. And so it was just really eye-opening. So Scott Eblen's book, The Next Level, does a nice job of sort of outlining what changes, what behaviors do you need to drop off and what behaviors do you need to pick up as you move and your influences changes in the organization? Boy, that is so important. I've certainly sat with CEOs when they say, they watch where I put my coffee cup mm. and they it means something. Everything gets meaning ascribed to it. It's hard to take up leadership, more leadership role and to carry that kind of power and authority over people's lives. It's a tricky place to be in. I was you right. Anything else? Any other tips or tools? I, I was chuckling because I heard you say, um, did you say sphere of influence or sphere of influence? <laughs> oh, the sphere of influence. Oh, <laughs> I could just imagine someone going through mm-hmm. that hallway with this sphere of influence. That's funny. Um, uh, you know, the last thing I would say is, um, in what direction do you want to grow? Mm-hmm. In what direction do you want to grow and where is the light or the sunshine, right? Plants grow in the direction of the light. Who has that in your circle of influence now that can help you grow? Where who, Those people change. And so if you keep going to the same people and allow them to influence you, you're being shaped by the wrong environment. So as you change roles, it's also important to change who's shaping you and the kinds of mentoring you have and the kinds of people who you are listening to. And I think at a certain point, you also need to pay more attention to being influenced by people who are reporting up, Mm -hmm. who are joining the workforce, that it's really important or you lose some very important knowledge. So if you're always looking up and out, 
uh, you'll miss some very important things about leadership. I think it's great. I think, um, you know, it's a failure of influence from early in my career. I was uh, really a first-time director, and I went to lunch once or twice a week with the same guy, and I didn't realize that the whole organization was watching that and that they thought he was a favorite when he wasn't, you know, but because I went to lunch with him all the time and he was telling everybody that I was his favorite. Mm-hmm. I had never said that, but my actions seemed to suggest that. I go to lunch with him once, twice a week, right? And uh, I never really thought about that. So, yeah, I mean, you got to watch that. I also think, um, you know, here in the last two minutes, advisory board, like, who is it that can give you that feedback? Who do you admire? Who do you respect? Are you out seeking that feedback? I think that's good. Uh, Jennifer, as usual, fantastic. Time flies. Thanks for thanks for being here. It's great to be here. Jim. Yeah, thanks absolutely. Absolutely. Um, if you're interested, please go out to uh, voltageleadership.com. Check out Jennifer. Uh, we've got a, a program on this. You know, we've got it on executive presence and uh, how do you how do you grow your influence skills, your leadership presence? So please. Uh, Feel free to reach out to Jennifer directly as well. So it's a fantastic program. Let me tell you a little bit about upcoming weeks here. Next week, we're going to have Magic Khalif on the program. We're going to talk a a good bit about that transition from being a a peer to a boss um, or that buddy to a, um, you know, the the, the boss here and that transition and what happens. Then we will, um, I'm going to have Joanne uh, Losey on the show in a few weeks. We'll, we'll be talking a lot about succession planning. And then June 15th, um, John Hagmeyer and I, uh, the book that we've been working on with Bill Long, uh, will go live. So we'll probably have John here on in a few weeks. So, you know, lots of really great topics coming up. Um, you know, as usual, if you want to reach out to us during the week, uh, voltageleadership.com and email to jeff at voltageleadership.com or jennifer at voltageleadership.com. Twitter is jmujeff. Uh, LinkedIn, you can find it at Jeff Smith, uh, Voltage Leadership Consulting, or Jennifer Owen O'Quill at Voltage Leadership Consulting. And please know that we do everything from you know helping you with public speaking to growing your influence skills. And if you need any help, we'd be happy to do it. In the meantime, thanks for listening to us each and every week and sending us a note. Make it a great week, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to VoltCast, Illuminating Leadership. Please join your host, Jeff Smith, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll discuss another engaging topic next week.